This is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast, a podcast about, you guessed it, nonprofit fundraising. This isn't the first podcast about it, but definitely not like any others you've listened to. This is a podcast for fundraisers by fundraisers. No boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years. No ideas that only work in theory here. No concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day. Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Well, hello and welcome to Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast, episode 26. Woo! We have passed the quarter pole towards 100. And it's no longer impressive anymore, right? It's just kind of like, yeah, here just, we go. This is just what we do. Yeah. This is what we do on Monday nights. I'm Ryan Thomas, uh, Vice President at Oneicity. And I'm Steve Thomas, uh, CEO and one of the founding partners of Oneicity. We started this podcast because uh, you know that this work doesn't stay at the office and it doesn't stay in your week or maybe even probably in your day. It consumes you. It's all, it's all around. It's all the time. And you're thinking about it. And we were talking about it in situations that was not fundraising appropriate and getting bored looks and getting kicked out of barbecues. So here we are. We have mics and a video and you get to join us while we talk fundraising and our company, Oneicity, we've been around for well more than a decade and our team measures their experience in marketing and fundraising for nonprofits in the decades. We have people who have multiple decades, but we won't say how many because then yeah because then you can start to do some math on <laughs> birthdays and ages and um there are people who wouldn't like me giving away that kind of secret sauce or they began and when they were four years old could have been yeah that that's too. true labor laws <laughs> child labor uh but go ahead and send us your questions about people's birthdays send us guesses whatever um along with comments or fundraising questions you guys ought to get into this I'm really struggling with this. I know I'm not the only one, or I hope I'm not the only one. Talk about this. Would Any, you explain that more clearly than last time? Yeah, you tried you, to explain you spent, that. <laughs> you spent 10 minutes on that, and I still don't know what you were saying. What in the wide world of sports were you trying to do? Yeah. Um, send that stuff to podcast at oneicity.com, and we love interacting and if your question's good enough and we get enough of them, you'll be in our next mailbag episode. We've done two. They're my favorite, and hopefully we'll be we'll be doing more of those. And give us your five-star reviews. If you take a screenshot of a five- or four-star review and send it in with your question, oh. I can guarantee that it will be in the mailbag. Oh, yeah. I'll bribe. It's no problem. Doesn't yeah. bug me. Yeah. So podcast at Oneicity, questions, screenshots of good feedback, but... We will take three and a half, four star feedback. We just prefer more stars. Not that we're begging, but really not at all, but we kind of are. Help us out. Yeah. Come on, please. Hello. Is this thing? Hello. <laughs> so in, in this episode, we're talking donor retention. Apparently we, so. We are retaining donors. Mm-hmm. 
trying to retain listeners, trying not to retain water. <laughs> but before we get to... I can't believe you went with that. I, I heard that in my head, and I thought... Nope, nope, nope. Let the editor catch that one. You know, my little mental health. Oh, man, I didn't. Just, it just popped out. That's great. Yeah, I don't. I love that. Okay. I don't, yeah, that's great. Kind of, all right. Yeah, all right. It's good. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll work. Can't yeah. take it back now because no, we don't edit. We don't edit. Unless it's really bad. If it's really bad, we do. There was that one time. Yeah, there was that one time. <laughs> and it's not for what you think it was. <laughs> still, I still have a perfect record with language on this thing. How far off topic do I have you? A lot. A lot. Okay, well, get it back. And we never start with the topic, though. We always start with something we've seen in the wild. Mm-hmm. Fundraising related. In the mailbox. Adjacent. In the inbox. Yeah, on mailbox, the, inbox, on, on a billboard. Wind, windshield screen, you know, wherever. Right? Something we've encountered that, it, that we will then, at the end, <laughs> land the plane and relate to fundraising. And you, the listener or viewer, gets to decide... That was a seven. That yeah. was a five. <laughs> or you guys should just stop that segment because you're never you it's never accurate. Anyway, um mine is the marketing website. I think it's technically a marketing website. It's called Really Good Emails. And they kind of I guess crowdsource. They subscribe to a bunch of things and put in marketing emails from businesses and uh, I've seen one nonprofit, but it's mostly for profit mm-hmm. and just kind of say, Hey, here's what's good about it. Here's what we would do differently. That kind of thing. And I got an email from them with the subject line, want to be our CEO. And <laughs> they apparently, I didn't know this till this email are all part-timers. This is nobody is full-time. Oh, interesting. And okay. Every, yeah, that it, makes sense. Yeah. Everybody has other jobs, but they are growing and they need someone to be full-time and lead the team in certain ways. And so they're looking for a CEO and they said, here's, um, they listed some revenue numbers, right? User numbers in the email. Oh, love that. That's so, that transparency is bold. Subscribe and just let us know if you want to be our CEO, we'll schedule an interview. And how this sort of relates to nonprofits is finding people to be on your team is difficult. Yeah. Ideally, you want someone who is passionate about what you do. Because if they don't really care about what, they, what you're doing and the problem you're solving, helping you fundraise for that is going to be a little difficult. So starting from your donor base to try to find someone who is applicable could be an interesting way to find someone to add to your team. It really could be. Now you are going to get a lot of people. You don't want to hire. You don't want. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, to the point where I might mention in your email that this is a long shot, blah, blah, blah. But with how difficult it can be to find the right talent or somebody who can, who you can then mold into the right talent. Yep. It's worth a shot and it got my attention and thought, oh, I, our clients ought to use this for not your CEO. Right. You should definitely not hire or look for your next CEO well, or chairman of the board. We work for most CEOs, for most of our client CEOs. That would be awkward for them to approve that email. And, you know, in yeah, advance. that's true. <laughs> <Kind of fun. laughs> Looking for your next CEO. Ours is on its way out. <laughs> but, you know, would you like to be a graphic designer? I don't know. Is interesting. 
Yeah, that's fun. That's a nice. I I've looked at that website way back, but I haven't. I have. I don't follow them, and that's that's a that is a, a it's overwhelming email that you'd get. I mm-hmm. mean, you'd you'd read that email. That's great. oh yeah, fun. Fun. Okay, mine is uh, my in the wild is a, is an actual real live invitation I got a few episodes back. Um, you were kicking around a local in the nicest possible way, kicking around a local uh, charity who had mm-hmm. sent you an invitation to an event and never really gave you pertinent details like what the event was going to benefit. Yep, I, the details on what would happen. I don't even think I got cost. Yeah, it was it was miserable. So it really was. I received this in the mail, um, I guess, a couple days ago, and it's from one of our clients uh, for an event they're doing. And I can talk about it because uh, we and our team didn't actually produce this. This was this was produced internally for one of their events. And it is so interesting that uh, the headline is, you know, join us for our second annual virtual blah, blah, blah thing that they're doing. And they are in a location that uh, is really getting second wave stuff mm-hmm. with uh, the, the COVID thing. And so they're, they're just doing their virtual again. And uh, so, so you have that as the headline. The subhead is this benefit is to help and you fill in the blank what they do. Um, very clearly, yeah. That's not a, not in mission language, nope. not a mission vision kind of language. This is this. If you're a donor, those the second sentence you read tells you if you participate, this is what it's going for. Yep. And I thought, well done. So, uh, in the wild, the lesson there is uh, as you as you're doing events, as you're doing invitations. The ability to zoom back out to you know our famous uh, you can't read the label on the jar you're in the mm-hmm. mistakes that happen are that you forget to remind donors what this is about. Yeah. So there's that. Nice in the wild. Next is try this, and so I'm just going to call out because this will be this will be audible on the audio. Yeah. Is the cicada right outside the office window that has tuned up? Yeah, he's he's so, going. Um, it's not the brood. Was it Brood X? I, cicadas? Yeah, I don't know. It's the, it's we don't get the murder those. cicadas. No, but the, we get the loud ones. They're really loud. And between Reacher the dog barking and the cicada, there's a little more noise on this episode than and a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. So anyway, we have a lot going yeah, on. It's live. Yeah, that's who we are. Live to tape. Yeah. Okay. So try this. Try this. Something that you can put into practice basically right now. Wait till the episode's over, but as soon as we're done, you can put this in. It's not a long tail. Our date episode had a lot of things that you should be putting into practice, but are going to take some time. Yeah. This won't. Yeah. Mine is look at using, look at where you can use your donor's first name. Oh, okay. And obviously... You're probably using it. In, people are probably using it in the email, dear first right. name yeah. or indirect mail. The yeah, 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 the alligators with the with the data field. Yeah, and you're probably doing that at the beginning of your letter or newsletters. Hopefully, dear, dear so and so. But look for places in the copy, and on direct mail it can get more difficult. Just anything on paper because you have to pay attention to where you can put that, uh, both for make space and ink and 
Printing. Printing and litho and laser, all that stuff. <laughs> but look for places to use somebody's first name because our brains, as we scan, are just scanning. And the first thing I do when I open my mail, just out of the mailbox, is I make sure it's my mail and mm-hmm. it's got my name on it. Mm-hmm. And if I open it and I'm scanning, my name or my wife's name is going to jump out at me and it gets us to stop. And so you can use that in any sentence where you really want to draw the eye. Right. Sometimes it could be your call to action. Sometimes it can be some kind of impact sentence. But if you want them to have a high likelihood of stopping right there, toss their first name in and you'll get their attention. Yeah, I, I think I think it was Dale Carnegie who talked about that our first names are the some of the most important sounds that individuals want to hear mm-hmm. and are drawn to and love to hear. I mean, it makes sense. And the visual is it's it's powerful. It's almost hard to to not look at that. Uh, to the previous episode or the episode the episode before the previous the data episode that this gets into data hygiene, getting the name right. Yeah, because there's. It, I love the people. I'm I'm Steve, a, a formally and officially Steven with, but with a V. Yep. And I can't tell you the number of LinkedIn solicitation emails I get. Somehow that the, it's to Steven with a PH. How, how I, do they do that? Because you're not even pulling. Yeah, it's just it's just nuts. So anyway, get the name right. The bot they have doing their yeah. LinkedIn. Well, Brian, is that the last of your? <laughs> That was good. That took me. That took me a second. I was like, "You actually even bought." That was good. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, what's yours? Um, so when I uh, I was I, I spent the afternoon writing copy, and I was going back and reviewing what I had written, and I was I heard the editor that I hired when we did uh, Donoricity, and one of the things that guy said because he was somebody who had edited several business uh, type books, and he he said. Every time you end a chapter, you need to end that chapter getting them to go to the next chapter, which reminded me of some copywriting advice I'd heard years and years ago, but I hadn't thought about it, was your first sentence, the the job of the first sentence is to get the the reader's attention, the scanner's attention, and get them to read the next sentence. And the job of that sentence Mm -hmm. is to to get get them to read the next sentence. And it is a... You can't make it artificial and it takes time to practice. So if you are someone who is approving copy or writing copy, look at the flow that way. Do you grab the donor's attention or the scanner or reader's attention or do you assume they want to read what you're writing? Horrible idea to assume they want to read it. Great idea to say, did that sentence make them want to read the next sentence? Did this sentence make them want to read the next sentence? And if you do that... That just, you, you will not do it perfectly with every sentence. That just doesn't happen. But, but you can get that where that is part of your copy, where you're drawing, you're pulling the, and I like saying scanner and reader, because if you say reader, that gives far more attention than the, the person is actually giving to it. Yeah. Draw them in. Let them, let them come on through the copy. Pull them in. That's really good. And, I mean, it is that. Stop you down. Now take, just come take on. one step. Keep on coming. Now take another come, step. Come on. Come now take on, another come step. On. If you thought that was interesting, look at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you thought that felt good, this would feel you well, sim- It's similar to the way 
shows work exactly. on TV. Exactly. Uh, sometimes they do it on Netflix, which I kind of feel like you don't really need to do that because I'm probably going to watch the oh. next one. But week to week oh. on broadcast TV, you've got to have a cliffhanger or a trailer for the next one. Something to make me think, okay, I got to watch this next week. That's exactly right. That's even easier because you just turn a page in a book. Yeah. So retaining donors. Mm-hmm. First, let's just say the obvious. Why does somebody want to retain a donor? Well, <clears throat> because you've typically spent some effort, time, energy, money to... Uh, Influence them, help them understand why they would want to give to your cause or organization. And every dollar, every dollar counts, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it is about keeping them in. In the business world, it's about retaining customers. At church, it's about keeping the back door closed. This is a Analogous to all of those things, you once someone is a donor, you just don't want to lose them. Second yeah. reality is, you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're not. You're not going to keep all of them. You're not going to keep eighty percent of them. And well, okay, okay, all right. I mean, some of us do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's start with. We've explained this is why you want to try to yeah. keep them because you yeah. don't want to have to re-get them again. Yeah. Or, or replace them. Yeah. Because you will spend more mm-hmm. replacing them, finding a, the replacement for them, both in terms of time, energy, and money, than you will retaining them. Yeah. Because a, a donor, if you break out the cost it took to acquire them, they're never, rarely are they giving that much in the first year. If you keep them year to year, they begin to return on that investment. Yeah. So you want to keep them. Yeah. You don't want to keep, you got to always find more, but you want to be able, you want to have to find less and less to stay even or above. Yep. How do you calculate donor retention? Let's start with, let's start with that definition as well. So Chris Hoots, who was on the 23 or 24, that was the data episode. Recently, recently, um, she's traveling. And so I spent some time on the phone with her today, double checking what I'm getting ready to say, which is pretty par for our course. I mean, (laughs) when we get into anything like this, we say, okay, let's check with hoots to make sure that we've got that definition, right? That's all right. So because I mean, she's the data queen. So, uh, so let's just say, and I, I didn't approve this with her, but I want to say, Donor retention is both a statistic and a reality. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. Yeah. So the reality is you have donors who are constantly dying, donors who are constantly getting wooed away by somebody else, donors who forget you, donors who get distracted, donors who have financial upsets and no longer, you know, I mean, there's a variety of reasons. Uh, Let's just say almost never having to do with something you've done wrong. You very yeah, seldom, that's true. I mean, really very seldom have you made a donor mad. So, uh, it, it is about some, and often those guys tell you about it. They will frequently, hopefully tell you about it. And they, cause that's a shot at doing it. So the statistical reality is 
And this is one of those places that it would really be ideal for us to be, for you literally to be sitting over there so we could draw on the whiteboard, which is right over there. Okay, so let's first say the key is with retention is it is comparing donors who are continuing in this period, this is where I got into to, to hoot speak, from the previous period. So, yeah. all right, so and the reason you say period is... So you, you have to have a, a, a fixed point in time to compare this fixed point in time with that fixed point in time. So just think about it as calendar year, January 1st to December mm -hmm. 31st. So you're comparing two fixed windows. Now I have to say, there are those who do this on moving windows with month counts and that kind of stuff. And I'm just going to tell you, mm. we don't do any of that craziness because it is very difficult to compare back in time. It's very hard for me to compare this period to last period if you've counted months back. So if you're looking mm. at 12 months from today, that's very hard to look at 30 not every, days from now. Well, not every month is created equal. It, it just it, it's just a nightmare. So always think fixed windows unless well, you just fix fixed windows. Yeah, there's windows. really So we no do two reason. periods. Yep. Calendar, calendar year or fiscal year. Cuz those are, uh, for clients we that allows you to have two fixed periods in in, in every year, every 12 mm -hmm. months you've got two of those. Yeah, cuz we we don't lock you in, so it's two each. Yeah. At the in January when we meet with clients, we go over the calendar year typically, and then throughout the year based Sometime on when the fiscal of ends. the year often depending on their fiscal year. Yeah, and okay. if you want to hear my whole speech on how to do a fiscal year, that's another podcast. But I don't think we're gonna get a lot of listeners. Yeah, I don't know if it's fascinating. <laughs> so anyway, it's worth it. I'm okay, not, anyway. I'm not doing that one. Okay. Oh, it'll be great. Okay. So I'll bring my puppet. Um, okay. So, so two fixed periods. You're comparing yep. list and we'll just stay in calendar year yep. for the simple. That's just easier. Okay. So what you do is, is in a calendar year, you're looking at uh, uh, active donors. Active donors. So donors who get lots of steps that close <laughs> yeah, their rings on the Apple no. Watch. <laughs> yeah. So what's an active donor? An active donor. donor are people, these are donors who in the period gave a gift, a financial gift, at least one. You don't get extra credit for multiples in this in this case. So the so you gave a gift in the period. Right? In, a, in a in a calendar year. In, so in, in the calendar year. And you're and let's uh, just say 2019. I gave a gift in calendar 2019. Great. Okay. In calendar 2019. So active. So that is the and there are three three groups in this. Okay. And this is going to be on screen and video because there's no way I can't do that in if you're if you're People listening are pulling on audio, over to take go, notes. No, they're not. They're just oh going go to go. They're just going to the YouTube channel. So, um, so the, so you have three groups. Continuing. These are people who gave this year, in 2019 mm -hmm. and in 2018. They continued from the previous period. Got it. Got it. Then you have people who gave in 2019, but were lapsed in 2018 and 2017. So it might have been 2016 since they gave their gift. And so they have been reactivated. They were lapsed, mm -hmm. and they've been brought back. Bum, they've bum, come along, right? These are huge people, valuable, terrific. Come back into the tribe. Good folks, right? Then there are new. They've never given before 2019. It's their first year. First year. First gift date is the way that's calculated. So you, you, you total that group, and you're just counting how many of those people fit. 
those three that fit that active category, right? Yeah. And then we compare that to 2020, same thing. Who continued in 2020? Who did we reactivate because they skipped 2019? And who was new in 2020? And then you build a ratio. So for instance, okay. say, say you had 100 donors in um, uh, 20, uh, let me get this right, in 2019. Mm-hmm. 100 donors. 100 donors. Oh, pardon me, in 2020. In 2020, you had 100 donors. Okay. 100 active donors. And that's the total of continuing, yep. reactivated, and brand new. Any type. Right? I gave you, gave you money. Yep. And then in 2021, mm-hmm. okay, then 65 of those continued mm-hmm. or were new or whatever. So that, that gives you... A 65% retention rate. Okay. Okay, because 35% yep. did not mm-hmm. did not roll forward. So we have to say, there's a lot of your some software calculates this for you. Yeah. Some some of the donor yeah. databases. Yeah. Perfectly fine. If that happens, just know what they're doing. Read into the yeah. detail because there or have are, someone on your data team yeah, who does yeah. it. Yeah, somebody explain to me. Uh, 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 there are those who calculate this only that, that do some exclusions and mm-hmm. don't do this relatively clean way of doing it. Yeah, and they they exclude new. They you know yep. there's some of these exclude without without calling it out. It just ha- it, well, you, uh, they it, probably call. So we're not gonna we're not gonna assume or, or impugn motives. We're just gonna say. One of the hazards with retention rate numbers is that it's, it's easy to not be comparing apples to apples mm-hmm. and you're doing it unknowingly. So one of the reasons we do this so cleanly and easily and relatively clearly yeah. is that it allows for there to be very little misunderstanding because mm-hmm. it, this is the cleanest, simplest way to do it you're not getting into only looking at certain segments. You're only not you're you're not getting into looking at with people who only have given you multiple gifts. This is the cleanest way to do it. It's a it's a simple calculation once you know you do the data. And it allows you to say, here's how many people who are donors are continuing and how many people we're refilling. So now I have to have the bucket illustration. So then it's like a bucket of water. And and there will be a hole in your bucket. Dear be- Eliza. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you're you gonna got, you, you picked that yeah, up. I did, yeah, I was I waiting did. for it. So you're drip you're you're dripping donors. They're yeah, they're seeping out. It happens, right? Yeah. Death, new business distractions. Oh, yeah. You know all the things that happen. You know you. All the things. A few episodes back, you were you were sort of wishing boomers would die faster so that you geriatric millennials could oh, take gosh. over more. But yeah, okay. so, so the, the, the situation is we're just, we're wanting to understand how, how much leakage mm-hmm. yeah. is, is going out the bottom of the bucket. How, so much, that, how much of the bucket still has water in it? Because our goal at a minimum is to replace as much water donors every year as is, even. as is going out. So that we're at 50, we're at a hundred percent in this as, as donors are, so that's that's a hundred percent retention rate. Yeah, which is a great goal, and is probably not going to happen unless you've got like one four donor, <laughs> four donors and three of them are your family. <laughs> yeah, and and they're very young and healthy. Yeah, 
and they never get distracted, and you're always there. Yeah, check it up on them. Not knocking on their doors. Like, hey, have you it's given been, your a, been a while. Yeah. So, it, and this is the statistical part that allows you every year or every six months, if depending mm-hmm. on how you're you're doing these these the windows you're looking at it, to be able to know how am I doing so that you're not surprised because this retention rate, on one hand, it matters not. You cannot write a check on a retention rate. No. No. Right? So it's only about cash in the bank. The problem is a retention rate, as we have seen when we've gone in with new clients, retention rates in the 50% range, mm-hmm. those sneak up on you because yeah, you're you- only paying look, only looking paying attention to the dollars. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's like, oh, wait a minute. Why is our mail count so low? Or, well... Mm-hmm. You've had a three-year run of 50% retention and haven't done anything about it. And there's usually something, or at least the times I've seen it, it's usually something starts to happen to the top line income. Things have been going along perfectly, swimmingly. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's a dip. And in digging into what happened, often it comes down to some sort of donor retention. Like you said, it could be, well, you're mailing less people on your direct mail. So that's why your direct mail and newsletters are raising less money. Or, uh, you know, why are we doing that? Well, it's because you've lost donors and it it doesn't make fiscal sense to mail back five years every month. Yeah. Maybe. But (laughs) so paying attention to that is sort of like one of the dials you ought to be checking on your car. It's not, as important as your gas tank, that's sort of like income. Because if you run, if you run out of gas, you're stopping. If you run yeah. out of income, yeah. But check your oil pressure. Well, it's like one of the one of the things that when um, when we go into um, something bigger than a, a per project kind of basis, mm-hmm. where we're getting to to sit with the client and think about strategy. I want to know. You want to know. We we want to know some data. Mm-hmm. And some of the data reporting, absolutely, some of this income and some of the big pieces, but retention rate and then some of the granular portions of retention rate that we do really does inform how things are. And it is yeah. really distressing to have to talk to leadership about um, your retention rate is a big hole in your bucket. You you are you have yes your do, you were focused on your dollars, but the bigger problem is you are losing donors at a rate that you have to do something today so that in three years you are not in serious serious mm-hmm. trouble because the income is what you're noticing, but but the donor retention is where the problem really resides. Fix the donor retention problem. And, and the income typically takes care of itself. So the burn rate in the startup world. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, um, so that's why that's why you should care. Yep. Yep. That's the impact it can have. Yep. So now let's talk about because I don't want to do too many numbers in a row. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about how you do that because it. What? How do you, you retain donors? You can. Yeah. You yeah. can be thinking. Okay, I'm in. I'd like to retain as many of my donors as I can. But what do I do? And the thing is, you can't do it. This is not try this. This is not something you can just say, all right, I'm retaining my donors right now. And as soon as the episode's over, I'm going to retain them. (laughs) Got them. I'm just going to grab hold of them. 
you really have to look at this as a rolling cycle. Yeah. Yeah. This and is you just yeah. get on it now. It's a great point. This is this is deep strategy that if you don't pay attention to you're going to have a problem later mm -hmm. without question. Yeah. If you're not paying attention to how you're retaining your donors and what your donor retention strategies are, you have a really rough road ahead or in all candor, not to put too fine a point on it, your successor is going mm -hmm. to be dealing yeah, with Yeah, because you'll be gone. And the fact. it starts with the gift. The beginning of that cycle starts with a gift. You, you need to start retaining your donor as soon as that check clears yep. or the credit card gets approved. Yep. The thank you letter that you have to do because the IRS, that needs to have some sort of non-taxi attorney language that makes sound like a human had to do this and not a CPA. See previous episodes on yeah. validation and feedback. Then you ought to have some sort of separate validation if you can. It would be a great thing if you've got the budget to do some sort of new donor impact, uh, whether that be in direct mail, you can do an impact or in email. It's really easy to do a new donor email drip, a series of emails that can welcome somebody through. Essentially, what, what we want people to do is not just remind them why they gave recently, help them see what all the organization does elsewhere, remind them of what else is going on. And as another reminder, here's what we do. Here are all the things in through all this is what your gift has done. Yeah. When you give to us, you're doing these things. And then even in your appeals, then you toss them into the regular stream and you're asking for gifts you need to look for lines of language in your copy that validate the donor, right? This so-and-so was playing in their sloth enclosure that was provided <laughs> by donors <laughs> like you yeah. and little phrases like that throughout validate somebody sprinkle validation breadcrumbs over the 12 month period so that when you come to the topic they really care about or to whatever it is that they really want to give to, they're more apt to do it because they've felt validated. You've yeah, been around. And, and, and the, the point of validation is to keep a donor understanding that, that their gift made a difference. That's the donor's understanding. Your reason for, as the organization, is you're stewarding, you're being a, uh, a, a careful with the investment that has been made for that donor, and so you you connect with them that way. Mm -hmm. And you have to you have to understand both the why and the how of that to make that work well. It's not easy. Well, and and one of the things that I would also say is that. Um, how you think about audiences. So, for instance, your donor base is is a is a is is unified as one group, but within that, you have people who are relatively new. Mm -hmm. You have, hopefully you have people who have lapsed that you're trying. They're to gone. They've already talked. They've <laughs> already hopped out of the bucket. Yeah, trying to reacquire. You have people who are steady and continuing, and then you have people. 
that aren't in your donor database yet or that are, are non-donors yet that you're trying to, to get past the first gift or to give their first gift so that they become in this process. And so how you think about audiences begins to play out a lot in, in this piece as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's, so that's how you do it. I mean, or at a high level, yeah. that's how you do it. Yeah. It's why you do it. You start trying to do it. It's always good to know what your goal is because a hundred, hundred percent is not going to happen. It's not possible. We already talked about that. Well, it's, it's, it is not possible, uh, with active, with, with current donors. It is very possible when you're reacquiring lapsed and adding new to the mix. Sure. You, you can balance yeah, that out. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. In, in what we were, when we take all three yeah. types into account, a hundred percent isn't, isn't going to happen. Which means you got to be constantly doing new donors, yep. acquiring new donors, and you've got to constantly be going after lapsed donors for as long as you can possibly make the ROI on that effort pay off, mm -hmm. which is probably longer than you think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for instance, talking about lapsed donors. So we did some, some analysis. Uh, it's been 10 years ago, but I, it, I suspect it holds up uh, that once a donor went to 13 months since their last gift, they became mm -hmm. incrementally more difficult to acquire than if you'd gotten that gift at 12 months. So just think about it. Yeah. it what it means is just they, it fell out of some kind of rhythm with them. And once a donor crossed the 18-month mark, they became... That was another level more difficult. Even more difficult, right? And so um, sometimes people will give up on a donor once they get into 24 months out, right? Mm -hmm. After it's been two years since we've heard from you. Uh, they're never going to give again. Yeah, that, It's and, never going to work. Which, is, um, which may be true. Possibly. With some donors. But if they loved you before, mm -hmm. it could be that the timing isn't right. You have something wrong in your data about them. That's, That's we've seen that happen. Or you you haven't looked at why they were giving in the past. Mm -hmm. And so depending on your size and depending on how you communicate, most organizations have a variety of things. We do a lot of rescue mission work um, and, and people helping kind of ministries. And, and they typically have a, you know, three, two to three to four different big categories of things that they ask donors to give to meals, some mm -hmm. shelter, some, yeah. you know, people helping recover, you know, those, those kind of things. And it, it could be that you haven't asked them for what they really love. It's like Chris and I, we love to give to, to feed people. Mm -hmm. And I, we can't even explain why we love that so much. And we've had people try to explain to us why that's not a good idea for us to do. And we just were like, well, mm, this is what we want to do. We Sorry. Love Sorry. You can't yeah, tell me what to do. Exactly. Can't tell me what to give to. <laughs> so maybe there are, there are pockets of your donor database that need, uh, that you need to go back to with what they first loved to get them to come back. It's, yeah. it's critical to think that way. The other thing is if you're doing, as we do for clients, um, uh, targeted ask amounts, and we've had mm -hmm. ask amount conversation on this podcast where we're talking dollars, what we're asking a donor to do, 
Sometimes you may be asking at a level that is too high for that donor at this point in time, even though they have a history of doing the other. So one of the things that you can do is reduce your ask amount and see if it's a dollar issue. The dollar amount you're asking them for somehow is not connected. Yeah. Yeah. There are lots of ways. Lots of ways. But if you're looking and you keep trying, yeah, is going to be better than not looking and not trying. Yeah. And it, and it, and either way, it's still important. Yeah. Whether you're doing it or not, you should be, and people are falling off. You're not replacing them. Exactly. So you may be thinking in your head, okay, maybe I am doing this. Maybe I'm not either way. What's a good number. We get asked this. What's my, what's a good retention rate? Constantly. What's a good retention rate? Yeah. First, it doesn't really matter what a good retention rate is because outside of a hundred, which is just perfect and you're never, there's no leakage in your bucket. You can't really compare somebody else's bucket. Somebody else's donors are different than yours, whether that's geographic area, whether that's mission, you know, what you're doing versus what they're doing or size or. So let's unpack that a little bit. So if you're a, if you're an organization who does primarily events, mm-hmm. you are going to have a different retention rate than, than an organization who is, say, we'll call it a child sponsorship. Yeah. It's built around a monthly sponsorship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You will have very different retention rates. But still doing good work. Oh, yeah. It, and still doing your thing. Yeah. But if you compare their retention rate to yours, you can say, oh, my gosh, somebody needs to get fired. Or I need a raise and yeah. I need a promotion. And, and maybe you do, but maybe not need, because of the retention Not because rate. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, uh, well, feel free to Google all you want to about retention rates. Uh, and, and we have. I, I pulled up the ones that we grab from people yeah. or grab from organizations when we get asked. Yeah. Um, and, and we have some case studies on the website that, that talk about some retention rate numbers. Yeah. The, the, so there's that. That's, it talks that's about there. that. Yeah. And it's there. Um, the American Fundraising Professionals, their fundraising effectiveness project for them in 2020, um, nationally, the retention rate is 44%. So, Which means out of 100 donors, they lost 55 <laughs> Or 56. 56. I mean, depending on how you're at. Yeah. I then found a historical table and I looked back to 2005 because everything involving 2020 is going to be kind of weird. Yeah. And it'll either be really high or really low. And <laughs> depending on who you're talking yeah. to. <laughs> and so you want to look, you want to look around the obvious anomaly year. Yeah. I went back to 2005 and their average of average, uh, their average of, nationwide retention rates is 45%. Okay. So on one hand, one organization says you can just expect to lose 56 donors, 56 of your hundred donors all the time. Every time they're just driving off the mark. Yeah. But donor perfect, which is a um, giving platform database, Mm kind of one of these catch all things. Mm -hmm. We have several clients. on. Yeah. They do their numbers. And they are, uh, a lot of their numbers are part of uh, the FEP, the American Fundraising Professionals Fundraising Effectiveness Project. And they're Americans and professionals. Yeah, they're both. Both. Donor Perfect has a number of 40%. And looking historically, that's 
I think it was 42%. So that's two respected people going nationally in the same time periods, theoretically the same groups of people getting two very different numbers. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to know, but... And it all boils down to those are great big aggregated groups, Mm -hmm. which if you love that number, you go, it's a great big group. It must be right. Yeah. If you hate that number, you say, it's a great Uh, big group. It It can't be very accurate. And so I I did the same because we, you know, um, I went back and looked at our couple years of numbers for our clients and... Did we beat 40%? We did. We did beat 40%. We even beat 44%. Oh, good. In 2020, our average, the mean, if you are technical and number specific, was 69.6%. Can I round that up to 70? You can go 70%. The median, if you are laying out your numbers, that's closer to what one can expect as what that means, was 71% in 2020. But 2020, for a lot of people, weird. was a great year. Yeah. It was an awesome year. Nothing but a weird year. So I went back to 2019 okay, good. to these do the same be, thing. These would be different. They fell off. Uh-oh. So in 2019, the mean was 63%. Huge drop. Huge drop, and but still, and we're, it was still way higher than 44 or 40. If, if you're commuting and driving on the podcast, that huge drop was like... Eight percent. Now it was 7% with the round. Okay. Yeah. The median was 63%. Yeah. So no matter how you slice it. Still 50% better than any of the national things. Easy. Right. And these are people who love what we do, have leaned into all the things we're talking about on the podcast. And so this is when they don't know it. That's what they don't know. (laughs) But, but this is proof that if you listen to this podcast, your attention rate is going to go up. Uh, Guaranteed. (laughs) <laughs> but, but this, the reason we toss this in is one, a subtle plug for the agency. We feel like we do good work. It's nice to be able to easily yeah, even show. If you, even if you don't want to hire us, it, here's, here's some proof, if you will, that so, uh, you may not think we know what we're talking about, but in the real world, donors respond to, it, mm-hmm. to our strategies Maybe just because we pick extraordinarily wonderful clients, which I will say, you know, we have extraordinarily wonderful clients and the strategies, but sort of work for them. But that, and, and to be clear, that's across, I only did what we call first full service clients. So people we're working with through a full fiscal year. Yep. And who, who are willing to, to have us at the table for strategy, Mm -hmm. not just do this project that way. And removing some of those outliers, this, this is nine or 10 clients. I think that counts 10. And so it's not a onesie twosie thing. Yeah. But if you don't want to hire us, fine. Enjoy your 40% retention rate. (laughs) Not really, but I I used it to show sales dude after all. Yeah. We don't need, we got, we got me. Um, It shows the intention because one of the first things we do with any new client is look at retention rate and go at retention rate because like you said earlier if you fix that so many other things just fall in line begins to float up and so even if you don't want to hire us even if you think a lot of our our ideas are whack or crazy that shows that if you focus on retention rate yep even as weird as it seems eyes on the prize baby 
it will work. Yeah. And, and if you think audiences, so retention rate can be overwhelming, but if you think audiences, mm-hmm. I got to find new donors. I got to find people who give, gave me one gift. I had to get them to give a second gift. Yep. You're not a donor until you yeah. give a second gift. People who are current, I got to keep them current. Mm-hmm. And then people who have lapsed, how do I get them to come back? And if you, if you, if you have a strategy, some messaging, some impact, some, some stuff for each of those audiences, just the strategy of laying that out and thinking about when am I talking to them this way, mm-hmm. that will begin to change the game. Yep. We may have to do a second one, maybe not next week, but a, here's how to lay that out. I don't know. Maybe we'll we, see. We got to do a planning episode sometime. Yeah. Okay. We should plan to plan. It, it won't. It won't be. It, it will be tough on audio because. Yeah. I'm a. I gotta have a spreadsheet. That's true. Yeah. We'll okay. think about. That. We'll think about that. Yeah. It's a little bit on retention. It's important. If you focus on it, you're gonna be happy. And if anybody you're hiring or working with doesn't focus on that, fire them. Yeah. And that that's not bluster. I mean, literally, that's like a mechanic. Who yeah. doesn't care about your engine or, oil change. or your oil, oil change? Yeah. Just like, nah, don't worry about changing it. Yeah, don't, don't it's fine. That. We'll just start. It'll it'll be fine. It'll when that red light comes on the dash, it'll then be we'll worry. Right. Yeah. It. So, uh, one of the things I want to say is if if you we've talked about it in, in other episodes my weird theory about weight loss and it's it's a mm-hmm. weird theory but it's it's supported by evidence and fact. That if, if you get on the scales every day, if you're trying to lose weight, getting on the scales every day, if you're, if you're intentional about wanting to lose weight, you will lose weight. Mm-hmm. What you pay attention to from a, uh, uh, an empirical number standpoint, you will do well. So first thing, if you, if you don't know your retention rate last full period, calendar or fiscal year, find out today. Yep. And then... If you're happy, hold a parade, tell your boss, tell the board, get a raise. If you don't know that retention rate, find out, mm-hmm. get it calculated, email us and we'll, we'll tell help you. you. We, we, yeah. I, I don't know how we'll, how that would work, but I, whatever. Constantly saying we'll do things and have no idea how we'll get it done and we'll get it done. So do that. Once you get that number in your head and you go, oh my gosh, it's 47%. Or whatever it's it is, fifty-seven yeah. or whatever it is, then you will begin to think about it. Mm-hmm. And as you begin to think about it, when you're doing your year-end appeal, you will say, "Wait a minute, are we talking to lapsed donors in this? Do we have a lapsed donor yeah. segment or a piece or a part of that?" It'll pop up in the back of your mind, and you'll you'll do it without thinking, without it being such a focus, and you'll naturally find early opportunities to do it. Exactly. So again, the reminder: it's reality and a statistic. Find the number so that you can deal with the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So next is on your radar, which is something that you and I pass stuff back and forth. You got to read. It's not super important. Doesn't have to be read now. It's not always directly fundraising related, but it's interesting and helps you think. So you go first. I went first in the last few. Okay. Um. So I'm going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, I'm going to wave a book around on video. Well, I'm actually waving around on audio, but on audio, you won't be able to see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're waving it around either way. Yeah. So um, this is, uh, this is, I, I was looking for something uh, today and realized I hadn't, 
I had alluded to to Roy Williams, the Wizard of Ads. Such but, a great name. But I haven't really talked about it. And and there are people who get irritated with who is he to call himself the Wizard of Ads? Well, he's the Wizard of Ads, is who he is. Roy Williams down in Austin. Uh, he has a company called uh, Williams Marketing. He is famous for the Wizard Academy, which he mm. founded. Uh, it is one of the most interesting, and, and I need to for 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 proper disclosure, say we are wizard partners, so we have a business relationship uh, with with Roy. Roy is one of the deepest, most unique thinkers that I've ever met or been with. He is somebody that I have been in seminars with, that he has put on, that I have, uh, the, the, on the talk, people are always talking about, mind blown. Well, I, he does that regularly. Roy is he does not deal in our world of nonprofits or mm -hmm. charity work for reasons that are pretty hilarious. He just doesn't want to deal with people who uh, want to deal with donors. He wants to deal with business people. And he is an ad guy. And he works with organizations that are service businesses like air conditioning companies and big plumbing companies. And we're talking about big, big companies. Uh, Ryan leads uh, our team that does work with Wizard Partners um, on the digital side, and, and we see this work. He is an extraordinary thinker that should be on your radar. He is a, a person of faith, although you might not know that instantly when, you, when you're you around him. him. Yeah, because he has no artifice. He's not pretending in any way. He doesn't really worry about what you think about him. Um, He's a genius, and I don't say that lightly. No. I, I wish I so, was a, as yeah. smart as him. So a lot of people are probably thinking, all the things you've said are your opinion. You're a partner of him. Yeah. So the way to know that this is accurate and empirical is he is making he is making himself tons of money, and he is making tons of money for his clients using almost exclusively radio. Yeah, it's a, that. I mean, that that's and, really that's really what it boils down to. And let's all to. check our watches. This is uh, twenty twenty one, which is a, you know most of us would have thought radio was dead. So it, it's all broadcast. They, mm -hmm. they do, it, yeah, it's all TV, it's all terrestrial radio. AM FM radio. Oh man, and he that that's the thing you need to, to take away from that because if you if you don't look at it with that lens, a lot of the things he says are easy to write off as crazy or nonsensical, but. He's making money on radio. Yeah. FM, AM radio. <laughs> he is making so much money. I don't think we could legally even tell you how much he's making, but if we did, you'd say we were making it up. Yeah. It's it, massive. He's a successful, uh, very narrow niche business person who you can't just walk in and hire because mm -mm. he has done so well and he's so exclusive and you really even have trouble hiring some of the other partners, uh, which is the reason there are partners is he got tired of he farms out the work telling people no. All of that said to say, if you're curious at all about this whole thing, and I, I can tell you stories about Roy and the way he thinks and the, some of the things he's come up with. Uh, but, but the best thing to do is to, is for you to go to Monday morning memo.com Monday morning memo.com put your email address in and then every Monday you will get an email from him with his thinking. 
Uh, I'll give you a little clue. Uh, there'll be an image at the top of the email. Mm -hmm. Click that because that's called the rabbit hole, and that will take you into an even more interesting mm -hmm. section of the way Roy thinks. Uh, and you will meet Indy Beagle. Mm -hmm. So that's a, and Roy should be on I, your on your radar. Yeah, and that sounds dumb. Click and meet a dog, and and click an image. But again, this guy's making money on radio, and the things he's doing can really apply to nonprofits. It is rare. It is a rare week that I do not use something I learned from Roy or that Roy put me on to mm -hmm. or Roy provoked me in a late night conversation. And I said, you know, cause there've been a couple of times I've said, you just can't be right about that. And he has this wonderful, charming, winsome smile where he says, yes, I am. And then he usually you know, wanders off. And when I dig down into it, he's right. He's the guy that a few episodes back I was talking about, the Henry Ford. Yeah, uh, uh, the deconstruction line. The deconstruction line. Over and over, these stories that I hear or applications that I learn about or the way to think about writing or creating, Roy has influenced. Uh, deep, deep thinker. Uh, Austin, Texas is where he's based. Um, do a little research. Yeah. Roy Williams, not the basketball coach. Yeah, different guy. Different guy. All right, so mine is, um, I'll go quick. Ryan Williams, Ryan Reynolds, he is the famous actor. Oh, yeah. um, and he's a big ad guy. And I didn't know that. Yeah, he owns um, a, an ad firm uh, called Maximum Effort. Oh, I like that. And he owns some brands that he does marketing for. And he writes a lot of his own ads. I had no idea. And so he owns... He's um, a pretty boy who actually does work. Yeah. And he and he started... He I started by... Yeah. That's another pretty yeah, boy. Sure. I'm talking. That's right. Yeah. One pretty he, boy to another. He started by doing shift jobs. And, you know, he was working... Um, even after he got his first job on TV, he didn't get anything else. So he started working at supermarkets late at night. Learned about effort, showing up, all the details. And so he, he does research, doesn't rely on his name. And... Aviation Gin is one of his big okay. brands that he owns. Um, and then Mint Mobile is a cell phone company. Yeah. Yeah. And so he he runs them and he does not all of their creative, but a lot of their creative. And after the infamous uh, Peloton wife ad oh, at yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that was 2019. Probably. It was, I think, a week later, Aviation Gin, his company, came out with an ad of that actress from the Peloton wife commercial sitting with friends at the bar, drinking and drinking their gin and kind of griping about life. And it was a legal took care of making sure he didn't mention Peloton right. or the ad. But it was a follow-on. They was were riding. It was very much... Everybody dunked on this situation and that woman and her and her husband's dynamic. And there she is and commiserating. Here she about. is commiserating with friends, drinking aviation gin. Oh, wow. And it was like a week and a half later. And he said he wrote it. He wrote the ad in an afternoon. He actually wrote the ad. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, he that's... writes so many of their ads. Oh, I find that so interesting. And he said um, he was talking to Ad Week because they interviewed him and he talked at a bit at one of their big conferences last year. And he had a few things 
that point that got my attention and apply is one of the things he did point out that doesn't apply is that one of the reasons he can make his brand skyrocket is he's the owner. So if he writes the ad, there's no approval step. Oh, just, yeah. He but, just, he, he didn't have to worry about the committee, but that doesn't apply. However, yeah. he did say that bureaucracy stifles creativity. And so, yeah, he is the owner and writes the own stuff. So if he likes it, it's going to run. But he said, you need to give your creative people license to create. Yeah. So in the nonprofit for you fundraiser, let your creatives create, install a review process to make sure nobody is going to see something that doesn't work or offends or goes the wrong direction. But don't do that as they go. Let them create. Yeah. Because if they're looking over their shoulder or they're trying to meet with you, they're not creating. The best stuff won't ever see the light of day if it, if, 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 and we, Hoots and I have a, a thing about baby ducks, right? You know, there's these little, these little, mm-hmm. these little fragile ideas, right? Yeah. And you got to let them grow. Yeah. You yeah. got to hold on to them. Yeah. And so review things, but give your people license to create time to let things bake because you'll, you won't believe the things that come out of it. And if you don't, if you really don't like something, occasionally ask why, give them the opportunity. Why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. To say, hey, where'd you get that from? Because there may be a common ground that is really good instead of going. Or what were you trying to do with this? Mm -hmm. Rather than go, well, that was kind of dumb. So make it a process. Yeah. And then he said, authenticity trumps everything. Ooh. And when he was shooting Deadpool... Uh, the first movie, it was done on a really small budget, like 58 million. And instead of using more explosions or gunfights to make the movie fun and awesome, he realized they don't have the budget for that. So they focused on making the character interesting. Because he has all that. I haven't watched that movie. I haven't, but I've, I've, I've watched one of them. It, he does. And the character in the comic books was this way. A lot of breaking the fourth wall. Right. He's very sarcastic. Okay. Yep. So yep. they did so much more of that because in his in his words, no pun intended, words were free. Yeah. Instead of wasting money on another explosion or special effects. Yeah. We just made sure Deadpool was fleshed out and interesting. As to, a person. As, mm-hmm. Because he was authentic. They, they did like, a character done. That's sort of like a leader. It's, leader a, it's a leader. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty great. Yeah. So... Episode nine and ten. Yes, it is episode nine and ten. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. So look him up and pay attention to Mint Mobile, um, Aviation Gin. There are a couple other ones I can't remember, but he sold he sold a a controlling stake in his ad agency for not small money. It was nine figures. Wow. So he's doing good work, but he's pretty to look at. He's like also some some of the others of us. Yeah. He also writes good ads. So pay attention to that. I'll have to do that. Ah, he's really good. Okay. That's helpful. Yeah, that's, that's good. Roy and Ryan. Oh, okay. Two I big, ad. I, I, Two big I ad guys. Yeah, I, I didn't think that through. That was great. So hopefully we retained you through the end of this episode. And you didn't leak was, out of our bucket. It was dicey there for a little bit. I wasn't afraid we were going to land that during the whole definitions of terms thing. Ooh. Oh, it was tough. But... Donor retention is important. If you fast forwarded through some of that, go back. It's worth it. Uh, maybe dry, but it's important to do. It was not dry. 
It was very interesting. Okay. I'm just keep gonna, telling yourself. I'm that. just going to keep telling myself that. Just speak it into existence. <laughs> What's the next episode going to be like, Ryan? So next week, we are going to talk about something very interesting that's more interesting than this. But remember to send us your emails, your questions, your comments. Not related to how boring this might have been. If you just if you couldn't stand it, just say, hey, give me give me 10 words on why I got a page of donor retention. Because you'll keep your job yeah. would be one of the ways. Well, that's yeah. less than 10. So there we go. It's okay. efficient. Yeah. Podcast at Winicity. Yeah. Give us five-star reviews. We love those. Or threes. Four or three and a half. Whatever. Um, write us a review on there, too. That'd be, that, that's always nice. And on, you, on YouTube, like I, and subscribe. It's like, down here. But the like, we could use some likes. Okay. Let's get some likes. Short on Let's likes. get some likes. And it's, it's just the thumbs up button. It costs you nothing. Yeah. It doesn't even, we don't even show up in your account, and it's no big deal. Yeah. You it's free. It's free. But our next episode, we're going to talk about how to use Willy Wonka's golden ticket in your next direct mail appeal. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it'll, it'll work. Okay, good. A world of wonder. <laughs> I'm Ryan Thomas. And I'm Steve Thomas. Thanks thank, for listening. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast.